Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Media Boat Podcast. We are not coming at you live. We are coming at you from two separate locations, as Mr. Michael here is in Las Vegas. Viva him. Um, Today is the Media Boat Podcast. It is February 5th, 2022. Uh, We have a little shorty for you due to the remote recording, so let's just get straight to it why don't we my name is matt his name is mike i'm mike he's matt if you're wondering why i'm in vegas we'll actually get to that in the sports section but for now we'll get to that we'll have to start every podcast like we do this season with the music yeah music with the billboard and we start the billboard with the hot 100 indeed i thought i had the keys to this car uh 100 We start with Hot 100 with a surprise number one. In fact, we'll have an entire news story about it. We don't talk about Bruno. Somehow we do because the Encanto soundtrack song is number one on the Hot 100. We'll get to why that's notable a little later. Number two, coming in right behind it, dethroned from number one at last, Easy on Me by Adele. Number three, Heat Waves by Glass Animals sticking around. Number four, Stay by the kids Leroy and Justin Bieber. Staying at number four. And number five, Super Gremlin by Kodak Black. Yes, your three through five remain the same as last week. I will say, though, that if we live in a world where it's Adele or a Lin-Manuel Miranda song, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's not a bad bad trade, all things considered. Your Billboard 200, your album's chart, remain mostly the same from last week, with one noticeable change. And the Kanto soundtrack is still number one, now buoyed by a number one single. Your number two record is a debut this week, Colors by Young Boy Never Broke Again. Media Boat favorite question mark? Media Boat favorite name? I don't know. Favorite name. The same category as King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Exactly, yes. Number three, DS Forever by Gunna. Number four, Dawn FM by The Weeknd. And number five, our, our media boat villain, Dangerous, the double album by Morgan Wallen. All right, so that's your Billboard charts. What? But what am I listening to this week, you ask? There are new- I don't know what you're listening to, but these are the new releases. These are the new releases. First up, we have The Dream by Alt-J. We have Dragon New Warm Mountain, I Believe in You by Big Thief. I had to let that one breathe for a second there. <laughs> Earthling by Eddie Vedder. Yes, that Eddie Vedder. Everything Was Forever by Sea Power, the band formerly known as British Sea Power. Heterosexuality by Shamir. And Lucifer on the Sofa by Spoon. Yes, that Spoon with their first record in three or four years, I believe. So those are your new releases. As I mentioned, our first story in the music world has to do with your number one single this week. We don't talk about Bruno from Encanto. So the surprise hit off the Encanto soundtrack has gone even where Let It Go couldn't. It's become the first song from a Disney movie to reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart since way back in 1993 when A Whole New World from Aladdin did it. It joins the Encanto album itself as a chart topper as the animated film soundtrack remains atop the Billboard 200 chart for the third time in the last four weeks. Some other stats Billboard points out 
Bruno, solely penned by Lin-Manuel Miranda, becomes the first Hot 100 chart topper to have been written by a solo writer in more than four years, Ed Sheeran's Perfect having been the last. It's the first time a Miranda, a Lynn Miranda, a Lynn Manuel Miranda tune has chopped the chart too, and it's only the second time a Disney song has reached the top since the Whole New World was the only one to ever do it previously. And quick note about that Whole New World charting: it wasn't even the movie version. The version that charted was the Peepo Bryson Schmarmy over the uh, credits version. So it wasn't even the actual version, right? So this means that soundtracks from The Lion King, um, Phil Collins and Tarzan mm-hmm. didn't chart. Uh, Moana didn't hit the 100. Well, let it go, Frozen. Charted, they may have charted elsewhere. Yeah, they may have charted. They may have charted elsewhere in the 100. Um, yeah, they sorry. just didn't make we spoke it. There. They didn't just didn't make it to the number one. Yeah, number one is the key thing. Not since uh, the song from Aladdin. So there you go. A, um, so a how much of this is due to the switch in streaming? Because I'm going to go with 100%. I think a lot of it is to do with streaming. Also, TikTok. Uh, these Encanto songs have hit it huge among TikTok uh, users. So it checks out. All right, let's move on to our second story here, which is a follow-up story from last week. Last week, we talked about... Uh, Joe Rogan's podcast sparking a lot of people to leave the Spotify service, including most notably Neil Young. So Spotify has spent the last week in kind of damage control mode, apologizing and not apologizing for what's going on. Well, the biggest thing that happened was this major move. So Spotify has bowed in face of pressure from critics about supporting the spread of COVID and vaccine information misinformation with a plan to add warning labels on its global platform to content that skirts the line between, quote, what is acceptable and what is not, says CEO Daniel Ek. Ek's lengthy statement outlining Spotify's official content policies comes in response to a gathering storm of criticism and calls for boycotts of the streaming service that has seen, like I said, artists like Neil Young and Joni Mitchell demand their music be removed from the platform, accusing the company of assisting in spreading misinformation about the things I mentioned. In a statement, Eck vowed that Spotify would affix warnings on podcast episodes that include conversations about COVID-19. Notably though, Eck did not specify any specific content creators by name in the statement. So they're basically doing everything but calling out Joe Rogan specifically, except for the fact that they're saying we are going to like label episodes of his podcast that talk about COVID-19. This is similar to what services like TikTok and Instagram do. Um, you'll notice on those services, there'll be a, um, a caption underneath the picture or video that says, for COVID informa- COVID-19 information, click this link kind of shit. It's very similar, except in audio form here. Yeah, but also Spotify had quite, has quietly removed about 40 different episodes from Joe Rogan's podcast on Spotify. Yeah, I saw that. Most more notably, a lot of them were from comedians and friends. Yeah, I thought I saw that headline this morning. Uh, it didn't seem like that was just COVID, though, as they said that the, many of those episodes were removed prior, uh, that they were uh, episodes recorded prior to the, the pandemic that were removed. 
so it may look like that Spotify is just doing a purge of things that they feel like could be questionable later and they don't want to have a conversation about. Ah, uh, the future proofing. It's almost like maybe you shouldn't be doing business with this dude. It's almost like that. <laughs> yeah. $100 million. Yeah. You're not just buying a product. That's not buying a product. That's an investment. Yeah. That is building a cornerstone of what you are at that point. It's a hundred million dollars. Yeah. It's a lot of money to basically claim that that's part of your identity. And yeah, this is what happens when you do that. Well, with that, so we have a couple of thoughts, but we will push them to next week as this is going to be a shorty news focused episode. So we'll move straight into oh, video you, games. Okay. Give me your hot take about the Mitski album because I, I like also it. listen to it. Uh, my, yeah, my hot take is I like, I like it. Uh, it's a little bit uh, more in the direction of the kind of dance uh, disco style approach that she did in her single uh, Nobody off of her last record, uh, Be the Cowboy. Um, that apparently has had a kind of second life on TikTok, speaking of TikTok. And so, yeah, it's inspired her to make some music that's more in that direction. I really had a good time with it. I think that some people may be disappointed by maybe the lack of cohesion. It does seem like it was recorded over a long period of time, which means that songs don't necessarily blend into the others as easily as her previous work. That being said, I think it's pretty good. So I also listened to this and it sounded like Lana Del Rey's album that just came out, but better than Lana Del Rey's album. <laughs> yes, you're not, you're not wrong. But then also I listened to the Bastille album huh. back to back, which is weird because that last uh, song on the album yeah. weirdly goes in tune with the first song on the Bastille album. So it's like, oh my God, this is like a concert going back and forth here. Like it's just a smooth transition. But then I realized as I listened to the Bastille album, this is just a straight up pop album. Right. Huh. It went super poppy, super Bastille. I was like, okay, like I like if you're looking for a dynamic between what is like indie and then like straight up pop, listen to these song two albums back to back. And it's <laughs> I won't say head whiplash turning. <laughs> But it is very noticeable. Like, oh, like here's a song artist, Minsky, trying to trying to do something. Um, yeah. Like, like new. And then here is Bastille, basically uh, doing the whole pop thing. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we'll talk about more like maybe if we have additional thoughts next week. But in the meantime, let's move right on to, into video games. Uh, cruising along here with upcoming new releases. First up, Ollie Ollie World, the long-awaited sequel to Ollie Ollie, the uh, previously mobile and console uh, skateboarding game. That's coming out on everything. If you got it, you can play it. Sifu, another long-awaiting PlayStation and PC exclusive, PS4, PS5, and PC for that one. Crossfire X, the uh, huge in Korea uh, multiplayer shooter, finally coming to the U.S. on console with Xbox One and Xbox game, uh, uh, Series X releases. That is also available on Game Pass. And Lost Ark on PC. So, are you ready to get caught up in the crossfire? 
I am ready to get up in the crossfire. <laughs> I wish it was just a video game based on crossfire. That'd be cool. But it's not. However, we do have a crossover event that blew a lot of people's minds this week. If you thought Microsoft buying Activision last week was a big deal, well, the hits just keep on coming as the big news this week was Sony made a big purchase of their own. Not as big, but maybe pretty big if you think about the history of the studio. Sony Interactive Entertainment is set to acquire Destiny and former Halo studio Bungie in a deal worth $3.6 billion. However, after completion of the deal, Bungie will be still remain a, quote, independent subsidiary, unquote, of the PlayStation firm and remain a multi-platform studio. Currently, the studio is developing new content for Destiny 2, as always, as well as working on a new IP. This was previously announced. In a statement, Bungie said that all cross-platform support for Destiny 2 would continue and confirmed that its future games would not necessarily be PlayStation. Yeah, I mean, following the big news that was two weeks ago of Microsoft making a $70 billion acquisition. Yeah. It's nice to see that $3 billion is still enough to pay for a studio. Yeah. Now, it's good to note here that Destiny by itself is not why you buy Bungie. The move is Sony trying to get into the multiplayer service game space. Sony's whole MO over the last three generations now has been single player, big legacy driven titles. That's been their bread and butter. It's what they- Single player story mode. Yes, story based single player games. They realized, though, in this day and age, that's not sustainable for a very long time. Service games are where the money is. And so it makes sense for Sony instead to develop internal studios to do this by an external studio that already does it well. So that way, not only will Destiny 2 have a little bit of bigger budget to play around with, but also the next big IP from Bungie will go straight to the purchases for it will go straight to Sony's pockets, something that will put them on a level of companies like Epic. That's what they want. Now, sidebar here, does this mean that we see PlayStation exclusive characters on this future MMO, RPG, whatever the hell they develop at Bungie? I mean, it's possible. I think the the language of the deal, though, suggests that it's going to be a little different from the purchases they made in the past, like when they bought Insomniac, for example. I think this is different. They're not saying that this is they're joining the PlayStation family. All of the language around this has been Sony is buying it, and they will be developing in things in in um, partnership with PlayStation. So that makes so me it's think. not yeah so it's not actual PlayStation yeah. Studios it's right. Sony parent company Sony yeah it's that's a very key distinction that I think that they're purposefully saying because they want people to realize uh, that it's not that it's not um, the same kind of deal that like Microsoft has made recently for example so yeah. Um, it's an interesting story. I think it's a good deal for Sony. I think uh, 3.6 billion is probably actually more than Bungie may be worth, but they're not buying the Bungie that exists. They're buying the Bungie of the future. And it's maybe a smart investment considering that this gives them a lot of personnel that are very, very good at service games. 
I, as someone who is deeply invested into the Sony ecosystem, I am happy to see where this goes. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to our second story, which is a little less of a, uh, a purchase and more like a victory lap. Nintendo said this week that they do not plan on purchasing any studios, but that's fine because they're rolling in the money. Nintendo Switch is now officially the best-selling Nintendo home console of all time. In its latest financial results published on Thursday, Nintendo confirmed that Switch has sold 103.54 million units as of December 31st, up over 10 million since September, meaning that the console has now at last eclipsed the Wii's 101.63 million total sold. Overall, Nintendo sold 18.95 million Switch consoles during that first nine months of its 22 fiscal year, which is down 21.4% when compared to the previous year. But after multiple reductions in recent months, the company says it expects to ship 23 million more consoles before the end of March. So the Switch train will keep on rolling. By the way, if you're curious about who is left to destroy on the overall uh, console list, they have one last pillar to sh- uh, to topple, and it's hey, PlayStation 2. I'm going to say, what about the Game Boy? So this does not include... Handheld. Yes, the, these are home systems. These are not all video game systems. The DS family of, of systems already blew these numbers away. Yeah, I mean, the 101 million for the Wii was at the time thought to be an untoppable mountain and yet here we are yeah topping said mountain like i said they got still got some work to do to beat playstation 2 which is still the all-time global leader but right in home consoles and yeah, home consoles the, the distinction is their home consoles and not all play, all consoles i mean you could argue that the switch could compete in both <laughs> <laughs> but hey that's another argument all right That'll do it for video game news. Um, what's your uh, what's your hot take? So we yes, we play we both have played Pokemon Legends Arceus. We do not have time to get into it here, but what we can say is our hot takes. Um, sum it up one sentence. How do you feel about Arceus so far? I am playing with my doctor, mm-hmm. and she is loving the game as much as I am. Ooh. And that is a very hot take. Because mm-hmm. she doesn't play video games. Oh, yeah, no, she watches me play video games. And even when she does watch me play video games, she's not really watching me play video games. But with <laughs> Pokemon Legends Arceus, right. not only is she watching me, she's also invested in the Pokemon that we capture. A little bit of the story, but mostly it's the running around and battling and capturing all of the different Pokemon. Yeah, The fact that it can bring someone like her, who is not into video games, but is like a fan of the Pokemon world, Mm-hmm. into this game speaks volumes it really does that was more than one sentence but <laughs> i'll give it to you um no, it was, it was a, you didn't, what you didn't see was all the semicolons and dashes and hyphens it's the run-on sentence i see it was the run-on sentence <laughs> all right well my quick take is i have barely scratched the surface i've only played a few hours of it um i like a lot of what it does um i'm not in love with it yet I think right now I'm still stuck. What's stuck in my craw about it is, is this really just about catching things over and over and over again? And I think that part of it is making me a little like, uh, I kind of wish I was playing a regular Pokemon game. <laughs> um, but that being said, I have only scratched the surface. Like I said, I've only like beaten like the first, like I've only beaten the first like survey. I haven't even started the second one. 
So oh, like, you've gone to the second world. Yeah. So I'm still like, okay, so barely, I'm on the third one. Yeah. I'm like barely into this game. So I'll give it some more, more, more time. I just been doing other stuff. So I haven't had as much time as I thought, but, um, Side note, I also jumped back back into Ring Fit. So Yay. Oh yeah. Doing that, doing that a lot more now. So anyway, we'll talk about probably more about Pokemon Legends next week. We'll probably have both played a lot more of it. So wait for that. In the meantime, let's move into television. Why don't we? And we start television with the sports corner. Pointing over there. Actually, we're pointing to where I'm at right now. Yes, exactly. Because we point right at Las Vegas, where hockey and football are both coming to the same weekend for their respective All-Star game and the Pro Bowl game. That's not why you're there, I'm assuming. Well, part of it, yes. Um, So part of the NHL All-Star game is the All-Star Fest, which Ah. I'm attending to in conjunction with other people that I'm here with. Hey, other people. Hey, other people. You're in the background there. Um, But yes, this is the very, very rare occurrence, like rarer than once in a blue moon, rarer than the Browns making the actual Super Bowl, (laughs) rarer than the Bengals making the Super Bowl, Yeah, is that both All-Star games are in not only the same city, but the same weekend as well. I don't see this happening again until probably 20 years from now just because they always move um the pro bowl for the nfl has always been in hawaii until more recently where they've been decided to put it where the super bowl is but this year was the first time they decided to move it out of where that to break all tradition and say we're going to do it in vegas right it makes sense because as we talked about in previous weeks on the podcast vegas is kind of still one of the only places you can have live events. Uh, there's basically no restrictions there uh, for these events oh, to take place. Don't I know it. Yeah. Also, the, because this is also the first year that the NFL had the extra week, the uh-huh. week 18 games, it pushed everything back a week. So what would normally be split weekends now fall on the same weekend. Makes sense. All right. But of course, that's not the biggest sports news of the week. We'll get there. But the second biggest story of the week is, hey, the Winter Olympics started. Uh, We watched the um, opening ceremonies last night, even though they technically occurred yesterday morning at five in the morning. Um, They're happening in Beijing, China, which, of course, is a whole can of worms we cannot get into right now. We do not have time. That being said, NBC is doing a fairly okay job at mentioning it constantly so that way you never forget. (laughs) so so that's something i I guess kudos to them for going a little further than i thought they were going to that being said um yeah uh remains to be seen who the big stars will be i mean same same a lot of the similar names that we saw last time in the winter olympics in 2018 uh so yeah we'll be take keep an eye on those and tell you uh big stories as they happen uh moving forward um then last uh last uh, i don't know if you watched did you actually watch the opening ceremonies yes i said i uh i watched those last night so can you explain to me why when they announced the usa they were playing college graduation music (laughs) because i don't know who (laughs) isn't responsible for the music but literally they were just cycling through the most bog standard classical standards they could 
there was that there was fucking like yeah you like like imagine any like classical standard that you can think of and they were playing it it's the a, the uh free licensing they could yeah <laughs> for sure it was complete opposite of what tokyo did for summer which was basically like hey we're gonna play all this video game music that only nerds will recognize it was the exact opposite <laughs> of that where it's just like we're gonna play the most obvious things in the world so no it was not on it was not any meaning really to it it was just random but anyways so that's the olympics like i said we'll keep an eye on that as we move forward um, meantime, a little update in the tennis world for you. In the Australian Open, Rafael Nadal beat Dmitry Medvedev to win the men's singles. Yep, we reported on the women's final last weekend. This is just a wrap-up from that. Yes. Speaking so congratulations. Of- yes. You are one step closer to the Grand Slam. Yes. Because that is the first one you have to win. But speaking of winning... Um, the biggest story, though, and we'll move into our first proper television story, which happens to be a sports story this week. The NFL continues to uh, be all over uh, sports news this week as we rocket towards the Super Bowl next week. But that was guess who's playing in the Super Bowl. Guess who's playing in the Super Bowl. Yes, a little update for y'all who follow the podcast. Hometown heroes, the Los Angeles Rams have made it to the big game. They will be facing off the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl here at home in SoFi Stadium next week. So you'll get to all of our Super Bowl hot takes and predictions next week as we'll be podcasting right the right before the game starts. Well, not right before, but the day before. But not to have a store, a Newsweek stolen from him. Tom Brady managed to make headlines anyways, as he decided that this is finally when he will hang up his helmet. Tom Brady, after so much time, has finally retired? All right. Uh, So I put the question mark there on the sheet, retired, because immediately after we ended podcasting last week, we got news that Tom Brady was retiring. Yes. Um, from uh, various sources, and so like NFL started running with it. Yes. Unfortunately, Tom Brady then came out, and his Tom Brady's agent came out and said, "We're not saying anything official. Things are still up in the air." Mm-hmm. And then two days later, it was. After after the uh, championship games happened, then it was yeah I'm retiring. Here's my <laughs> post that says I'm retiring. Yeah. So yeah, Tom Brady, 22 years, finally out of the league. Yeah. That being said, this does not mean he is done, because as we saw, Gronk retired Gronk. and came back. Um, Michael Jordan retired, came back, <laughs> and even Eric Weddle, who is currently on the Super Bowl playing Los Angeles Rams, retired and came back. So retirement is not forever. That being said, he is a very old man. I think this is a perfect (laughs) time for him to to stop. Uh, Also, here's my odd take. I I believe that if he had made it to the Super Bowl, then he would have waited. But he didn't. Oh, yeah. No, I think like if he would have won the Super Bowl bowl again, it would have put him at eight. And there's, I mean... Even last year, there's no reason to continue. Right. So you put your body through that over and over and over again. Yeah. Unless it's still fun. He needs to stop. It stopped becoming it fun. fun. Is the thing. Like I'm sure it's. I'm sure he's having a blast out there. But he needs to slow down. 
And I think this is a good time to do so. But well, of course, is, so if you watched Man in the Arena, he goes into like the only reason he'll stop is if is when he starts to degrade, when he starts to tire. Mm-hmm. But apparently that was taking too long. So he spoke with his wife and his kids and is deciding to become a family man. Yeah. That being said, the brand that is Tom Brady, TB12, and all his entertainment companies and sports medicine and everything else that he has his hands in, mm-hmm. we're not done with Tom Brady. <laughs> no, he'll be around. He'll be hanging out, but he just won't be playing the game of football. Yes. Much right. in the same way that Michael Jordan is everywhere in uh, sports companies and LeBron James is everywhere in media companies. Tom <laughs> Brady doing the same thing. So exactly we're not done with him yes and we're also not done with football news because it just kept coming as hey we teased last week that the washington football team would have chosen their new official name this week well it happened and they are the washington commanders all right so do we get all the fun joke names out right now or do we wait for football season cobra commanders um the commies, as you said. The commies, the Commodore 64s. Commodore 64s. The, the comms. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the co-co-co-co-commanders. It's not a great name, uh, but it's better than what they were, I guess, is where I'm at. I think it would have been funnier if they were just the Washington football team forever, but I get why they were like, for merch purposes, they needed a better name. So, yeah, it works. It's fine. It is very funny how close it is to the commander or the commanders is to the guardians. Like there's two similar names. Replaced for similar reasons. (laughs) Exactly. So funny. No, I bet it was the same kind of firm that they went to. (laughs) It just goes to show you don't name your team after a slur, because if you do, you'll end up with the most generic, stupid name as a replacement. So when do we replace the Dodgers then? <laughs> it was not. That's not a slur. It's just like a do- dodging trolley cars in the in New York. That's all. Yeah. That. Is that not a slur? It's not a slur. <laughs> it's a, that's an action. You're dodging. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's move on. There's more to talk about. Brian Flores, who you have okay, a great so typo this is, for. Which is yeah, so this is the brain. actual big news that came out of the NFL. Yes. Um. Not just the NFL, but across all the social media, across everywhere. Um, I didn't want this to be our big story, but it's too big for us to sweep it into a sports story. So here it is. Brian Flores has sued the NFL, accusing them of sham interviews, incentivizing losses, and pressure to improperly recruit players. Flores was let go as head coach from the Dolphins following two winning seasons, resulting in one minority head coach currently in the NFL, Mike Tomlin. The lawsuit alleges sham interviews by the Broncos in 2019 and the Giants in 2021, citing that he only received interviews because the Rooney rule and was never seen as a legitimate candidate. Flores also alleges that Dolphins owner tried to bribe him with $100,000 per loss for the 2019 season. Hugh Jackson also joined the lawsuit, alleging he was also paid $50,000 to lose games in order to get a higher draft pick. Lastly, the Dolphins owner tried to get Flores to meet with, quote, highly sought after free agent, guess who, Tom Brady, via his yacht. But Flores refused since it would break NFL free agency protocol. So, yeah, accusations thrown all over the place at the league about stuff that shouldn't be happening. 
I mean, this is not just at the league. This is at owners. This is at why my, there's not a whole lot of minority coaches. This is about right. the Rooney Rule, which is supposed to get minority coaches into those meetings, into those kind of lines where they become head coaches, OCs, DCs. Right. Like those next steps. But if the owners who are in charge of making these decisions and GMs who are in charge of making these decisions basically do a hand wave, yeah, we'll do this in practice, but you're never going to be a part of it, then the whole thing is just what's always seen, lip service, yeah, fan service. Right. Yeah. No, it's interesting. The parallels between this and the current uh, in progress, and we'll talk about it probably more next week, uh, talks between Major League Baseball and the Players Association, because you see the players asking for very similar things about um, having more incentives for players to like win games as opposed to lose games to get like benefits from it. Um, It's throughout professional sports right now, um, this concern. So outside of the minority coaching, the big thing is the losing games because the NFL in the past season got in bed with sports marketing, sports betting, sports gambling. And if they, and if it's leaked out that coaches are throwing games on purpose, that is bad faith in your product and people aren't going to bet on it. I mean, not only the uh, like betting, yes, that's a, that's an important point, but also just like the faith in the game itself. I think the more the more the game appears corrupt to people, like and this goes, but like there's a history of sports having this debate, right? Like, so in case uh, like people don't follow my Twitter, you might not know I'm currently going through the entirety of Ken Burns's baseball uh, documentary series, and. This shit has been happening since the history of American sports. Like, you don't oh, want... Pete Rose, hello. Exactly. Uh, there's an actual movie about this, Eight Men Out. Right. Like, but even back in the, like, the 1910s with the Black Sox scandal is like, you don't want the public to think that your sport is corrupt because then no one will care. And if no one, if no one, if people continue, like, stop, like, stop watching your sport, then there you go. What are you going to do next? Like... If your sport is fixed and on a script you're no different than the wwe at that point right it becomes sports entertainment at that point exactly uh, so yeah i think that this is a good reminder that tanking is really a really fast way to get people to stop caring and so please like there has to be something done with this in any sport that it occurs so yeah i'm hoping that maybe this sheds some light on these things on some corruption within the league and hopefully, yeah, some uh, some the league gets to work on dispelling these concerns and working for a better time for everybody involved. Yep. Uh, last thing I'll say about this is that it's not just bad for like the team. It's not it doesn't help the teams get a better draft pick. It actually hurts the head coaches because if the head coaches take games, then they're going to have a losing record, and another pro football team looking for a head coaching job is less likely to take that interview and believe them yeah. and trust in them if they have a losing record. Right. I mean, you can't, you can't go to an interview and say, Oh yeah, we lost those games because I was getting paid on the side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you, <laughs> you can't not say that. that. No. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. But yeah, it's an interesting story that hopefully we'll see more uh, kind of the aftermath of in the coming weeks. And we'll 
keep you updated about it. Especially as Goodell gets in front of cameras or as the Super Bowl approaches. Oh, yeah, no, they have to say something. Anyway, let's move on to our non-sports story this week in television. Uh, Hey, uh, The View, ABC's The View, is constantly a source of controversy as those ladies just kind of say whatever they want. (laughs) Without alcohol. Yes, somehow. And Yes, if you want the alcohol-infused version... Yes. Go to uh, Hoda Copy. Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, but this week, uh, the the spotlight is on none other than Whoopi Goldberg, who has been suspended by The View for uh, a short amount of time. It's still a significant amount of time for a daily show. Uh, the daytime panel co-host will be off the program for two weeks after making controversial comments Monday about the Jewish people in the Holocaust <laughs> in response to local school board banning the graphic novel Mouse. Um, if you're around my age, you probably read that in school. I did. Um, anyway, the controversy erupted on Monday's show when Goldberg said during a segment about Mouse, quote, and I really mean quote here, let's be truthful about it because the Holocaust isn't about race. It's not about race. It's not about race, she says twice. It's about man's inhumanity to man, end quote. Oh boy, whoopee. ABC News President Kim Godwin announced the decision in a note to staff Tuesday night. She said, quote, effective immediately, I am suspending Whoopi Goldberg for two weeks for her wrong and hurtful comments, Godwin said. While Whoopi has apologized, I've asked her to take time to reflect and learn about the impact of her comments. The entire ABC News organization stands in solidarity with her Jewish colleagues, friends, family, and communities. How can any person say that if you know anything, anything at all about World War II? Oh, I'm not going to touch the subject. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all I'm going to say. I, this is important that in this day and age, even someone like Whoopi Goldberg can say these comments, but also saying these comments still has actions. They still have repercussions. Yeah. Oh, no. is It's the uh, consequences of my actions. I mean, it's just a, definitely one of those just like, what are you thinking moments? Uh, and I hope she really reflects on this. But it goes to show you, I think that she this- has come out like the next day and right. apologized. But that doesn't mean that she's going to be forgiven of the suspension. Yeah, no, I think this is a smart move on ABC's uh, on ABC's part. I think it's just this is the problem that you have when you have a show that's based on I'm going to say my opinion. I'm going to say it louder than the other ladies. This is the problem. <laughs> like, This is what happens. So Has this know. always been the problem? Always what's happening? It's always the view is constantly going through this. Every time, like there's always some sort of statement like this that gets like gets blown up because yeah, because it's live television, you know, you're on the spot, like you're gonna say stupid shit. We've probably said stupid shit on live podcasts before that we eventually regret. <laughs> I mean, yes, but if you would like to go through the <laughs> thousands at this point hours of content you can do so please don't are your local co- podcast catching feed <laughs> please don't do that <laughs> anyways <laughs> let's move on out of television news into some cancellations and renewals we do have some thoughts but they will be s- tabled next week i watched apple tv plus's the after party which oh my god oh, is that all watching, now it's out if you're not oh, watching I, that I w- i've been waiting for that to come out i just oh, the commercial saying streaming streaming was, soon streaming soon this thing is made for you. You need to watch it as soon as you get back. I've seen the commercials. I want to watch it. Oh, I just didn't know what it was launching because they never said streaming on this date. It's always so said first, streaming soon. 
the first four episodes are currently live and then the rest are going to be weekly on Fridays. I believe. Okay. So get on it. It's amazing. Like I said, we'll talk about it next week, but Phil Lord, Chris Miller, never disappoint is what the what I'll say. Um, you'll oh, love it. this is a Phil Lord, Chris Miller yes. joint? And oh, Lord Miller. Hell to the yes. It. Oh my God. You're going to love it. Anyways, we'll talk about it next week. In the meantime, here's some cancellations and renewals for you. Yeah, you just got me excited for a new show. Oh my God. You're going to be, you're going to be in love with this thing. All right. First up, L Word Generation Q will get a third season on Showtime. Euphoria will get a third season on HBO. Doogie Kamaloha MD will get a second season on Disney Plus. Somebody somewhere will get a second season on HBO. Yellowstone will get a fifth season on Paramount. Hell's Kitchen will get two more seasons, a 21st and 22nd on Fox. Yay. The Game on Paramount will get a second season. Mayor of Kingstown will get a second season on Paramount Plus. And Seal Team will get a sixth season on Paramount Plus as well. So do you think that's going to be the last one? The SEAL Team sixth season? (laughs) 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 Oh, so funny. Let's move on (laughs) to our final (laughs) section, which is movies. Your number one movie is still Spider-Man No Way Home with another $11 million. That's sitting at $735 million. Number two, Scream with another $7.2 million at 62 domestic. Sing 2 is your number three at $4.6 million this week with, with 134 domestic. Redeeming Love at number four, 1.7 million at 6.4 domestic. And rounding out your top five, The King's Man, $1.6 million, still $33 million domestic. If that box office sounded familiar, it's because nobody changed as the exact same order from last week. And it makes sense because there's no big movies yet. We'll get there. Coming this week, though, um, you have Death on the Nile. Um. Yeah, wait a minute. Hold on. Yes, next week. Yes. Yes, because the because we talk about the next week. Yes, I forgot. Blacklight and Marry Me. Three very different sounding movies. Well, Death on the Nile is the sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, right. Yes. Blacklight is the new Liam Neeson film. A la Taken, a la Nobody, a la old man action film yeah we saw a trailer for this and christy definitely said wait a minute they're making another take in and i'm like nah, probably not (laughs) (laughs) and marry me Me is your valentine's day um romantic comedy with uh mrs alex rodriguez (laughs) (laughs) wait no it's mrs ben affleck now isn't it they got former no they're not married but yes um yes jennifer lopez Yes, yes, Jennifer Lopez and um, Owen? Owen I, Wilson? That, that sounds right. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 All right. Yeah. So those are your upcoming movies. Well, uh, movies that make you go wow. <laughs> we will not talk about that next week. But we will talk about, though, <laughs> for a couple of movie stories here. First up, a little update on Legendary, the film and TV production company known for Dune and Godzilla versus Kong, among others, they're getting a new monster investor. Private equity giant Apollo Global Management agreed to make a $760 million investment, that's almost one Spider-Man no way home, um, in exchange <laughs> for a minority stake. By minority, it's still about 25% as less last year. Uh, Legendary's value is about $2 billion. 
Yeah, no, that's a 25% investment. Right. Uh, So that 25% is a minority stake. (laughs) Right. Chinese conglomerate Dalian Wanda Group. Yes, our favorite uh, main character from the 2019 season of the Media Pope podcast. (laughs) Will remain legendary's majority shareholder after the Apollo deal since they purchased the company for $3 billion back in 2016. Yeah, remember the Wanda Group? We talked about that. Yeah, we do. Practically for a while there. <laughs> yep, they make their uh, back. They make their way back because we're talking about legendary. Yeah. But hey, people saw what legendary were doing. Yeah. Just like I saw what legendary was doing, and someone's making the big investment in them. Um, do note this is not just for movies. This is movie and television. Right. This is all their yeah. properties, including, but not limited to, the supposed HBO Max. Um, monster verse that they are creating. Right, right. We'll keep an eye on that. In the meantime, our last story um, involves the British as it's BAFTA time, baby. BAFTA nominations came out and Dune led all films and nominations for 2022. Denise Villanueva's sci-fi epic received 11 nominations with Jane Campion's The Power of the Dog receiving eight, Kenneth Branagh's Belfast landing six, and Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza, Carrie Joji Fukunaga's No Time to Die, and Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, each receiving five. In the best film category, Dune, The Power of the Dog, Belfast, and Licorice Pizza will compete with Adam McKay's Don't Look Up. The British Academy Film and Television Awards are scheduled to take place on March 13th in London. Oscar nominations, meanwhile, drum roll please, are Tuesday, February 8th. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, those are on Tuesday. But remember when uh, we did our end of the year podcast and I said Dune was my favorite movie? I am not alone in that. No, Dune, a popular, uh, uh, probably going to be your popular pick um, in the Best Picture nominations for the Oscars. I don't think it will win, but it'll definitely be nominated. Um I was already talking to Christy about who I think are going to be your best picture noms. I think it's the ones you see here. I think it's Dune, Power of the Dog, Belfast, Licorice Pizza. Uh, Don't Look Up, West Side Story, I think is your group. Uh, I think you're accurate in that. Yeah, I don't see something coming from the outside with that, but I could be surprised. Um, So we'll see. Yeah, We will see. Uh, As we said, nominations come out on Tuesday. So Next week's podcast, we'll be talking Oscar nominations. Yay! All right. Everyone's favorite. So get ready for that. In the meantime, uh, we have no thoughts, so we're going to wrap this one up. Thank you for joining us for a Whoa, trip. whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going to wrap this up? What is this, an hour podcast? I mean, yeah, sort of. So <laughs> congratulations to us. Uh, so, yes, I'll let uh, Mike here enjoy Vegas, um, and we will wrap up for the day. We'll be back next week to talk all sorts of thoughts and things that we missed this week, as well as new breaking news and new things we've enjoyed. So stay tuned for a live show next time. In the meantime, thanks for listening. If you want to watch us live, we're typically on YouTube. Search YouTube.com for Media Boat Podcast and find our page. If you want to listen to us audio form, just like this podcast, you can do so on podcast catchers like Spotify, although maybe not, um, iHeartRadio, <laughs> um, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. 
Search Media Boat Podcast. You can also find us on social media channels like Twitter, where we're at Media Boat Cast, Facebook, where we're Media Boat Podcast. And you can, of course, email us with questions, comments, suggestions, whatever you want. Mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com is that email address. So thank you for joining us for this quickie. Like I said, we'll be back full blast next week in the Media Boat Podcast. So stay tuned and have a good week, y'all. Yep. Next week, we'll be talking about the Oscars. We'll be talking about Pokemon Arceus. We'll be talking about Super Bowl. Wow, this is going to be a big podcast next week. Yes, big podcast next week. So stay tuned and we'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye. All right.